It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the AC Wildcats podcast. Privilege to be partnered with BetMGM. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now let's hear Shane with a disclaimer. Claimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Now, joined by the great William Brad Alice, I'm merely Mike Luke. Hello, William. How you doing, dude? Not too bad, Michael. How you doing? I was going to say, how's the face? Let us see the side. Uh, Looking a little better. Looking a little yeah. better one day at a time. Eyelid's still a little swollen, but that may never go away. There's uh, some scar tissue up there. And uh, my dad in his 60s actually had to have his eyelids done because they droop in our family. So huh? we'll see. <clears throat> well, either way, you got rugrats there keeping you fresh. Either way. Either way, yep. All right. We need to talk about latest guy. Obviously, everybody cares about recruiting news here. Kashaw Johnson visiting Arizona. Now, you might say, Mike, who's Kashaw Johnson? Well, thanks for asking. He averaged about seven and seven this past year at San Diego State. He's not going he wouldn't come in here and be, you know, uh, Derek Williams. But I am all for adding guys like this, guys with immense physical um, or and a physicality to them that I believe that this team has lacked the last couple of years, along with the Jaden Bradley, who we're going to get to. I'm all in. I would love getting Kashaw Johnson. Yeah, I think the I think the thing Arizona may be fighting in this is he would come in and, and most likely start, but he wouldn't be a 35 minute a game guy, right? Um, because he is in essence a really good role player, and again, some of it would depend on. You know, how much does uh, Vesar uh, progress? How Who else do they have coming in? I know, you know, they're looking at other bigs from, from all over the world. Uh, so it's just a guy. And again, I think he can play both forward spots too. But it, would he be happy playing that 25 minutes knowing he might not score more than seven points? Or does he want to go somewhere where he's going to really try to focus on, you know, showcasing himself? So well, I think Arizona sounds like they're in a good position. Sounds like the visit went well. You have to wonder what is his frame of mind in, in terms of this recruitment. 
But you're right. Arizona has lacked toughness, has lacked a grinder. And you can say, well, he was seven and seven. Yeah, but he, what was he, 14 in the national championship game? 14 and 14 and four. And again, when you're at San Diego State, they don't play weenies. Yeah. So again, he would be an interesting, nice pickup. My fear is, you know, when you get a guy who's essentially, as, as weird as it sounds, making a lateral move, uh, are you going to make a lateral move to play the exact same role? Sometimes, yes. You saw that with uh, Courtney Ramey, who basically played the exact same role at Arizona as he did elsewhere. But other guys want to enhance their draft stock. Um, and, and you have to just wonder if, if he would get that kind of uh, run or, or shine at Arizona. Yeah, you know what I look at him as? I look at him as a better Eugene Edgerson, which I believe that every team could use. He's definitely got more skills than Eugene. He's not going to be an NBA player, obviously. But if you got a front court, you can do a lot worse because, again, I'm always of the opinion that if Tommy Lloyd, with Tommy Lloyd, I don't believe offense will generally ever be a problem. Um, I think that he's good enough. I think that he trusts his guys enough to be able to make that work. I don't necessarily worry at all about that, to be honest with you. But if I got a front court then, uh, all of a sudden, of Umar Ballo, Kashad Johnson, um, Pella Larson, and then obviously we'll get to the bench here in a little bit. That's not the worst thing in the world, especially from a physicality perspective, William. Yeah, and again, when you mix Ballo and, and, and Johnson, that's two big, physical, strong guys. And um, But yet still, Johnson's also athletic. He's a little springy. Um, in some ways, he's kind of like if you take – uh, for lack of a better feel, uh, if, if you could mix Bennett Davison and Gene Edgerson, right? Um, the, the two power forwards on that team, actually, uh, and combine them into one guy. Um, you know, uh, obviously, you know, the closest maybe Arizona's had to that guy was a guy like uh, uh, I can't think of his name, Olson. Uh, the big power forward transferred from Kansas, um, and Zach Peters. No, uh, you wanted to say Zach Peters, Ben Davis, but Ben Davis was a far more skilled offensive. If player. he's half the player that Ben was, but then Arizona is going to be real problems. But Ben was strong yet athletic. Um, you know, he wasn't a big springy shot blocking guy, but which just Johnson could do a little. But you know, but that's something that Arizona hasn't had a ton of. They've either had you know a, a center playing power forward, or they have had a shooter playing power. They really haven't had a guy who's for lack of a better word, like a Houston power forward, um, you know, like a, you know, Cincinnati power forward. Um, so a Danny be, Fortson. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he would be a an Michael interesting Wright. Mike, but Michael Wright was a, was, he was really skilled. I mean, he was physical, but man, he was a skilled and he wasn't super springy. I mean, he, Johnson's a little more athletic. Right. Uh, is he a grinder? Yeah, but he 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 moves pretty well for for a guy who plays as physical as he does. Okay, to answer Vincent Kwan, um, we're going to talk a ton of football here, but to answer your question, Gary Bryant will not be coming to Arizona. Um, and quite frankly, I'm more than okay with that. I love the receiver room. Plus, they're re recruiting Montana Lamonius Craig. I mean, I don't even know what to do with that name other than to just say that name because that name is fantastic. I do um, want to throw this out here. I do listen to a. Um, it's, a, it's actually the Kansas City version of kind of what you guys do with PHNX, uh, K, the Kansas City Sports Network. They have a chief show, obviously. They were doing their draft crushes for next year. Um, you know, they were talking about Marvin Harrison Jr., but then the, the draft analyst said, hey, keep an eye on the Pac-12. Bunch of good receivers. You're going to get late first, mid-second. And he mentioned both uh, Cowing 
and uh, a T-Mac, although he forgot T-Mac's name, but uh, I mentioned that, that those are guys that Chiefs fans should keep an eye on along with other receivers, but I thought that was very interesting that uh, right. he specifically mentioned the Arizona receiver. Let's, let's talk about that. And Rich Carrillo, you're making some good points. Be nice to PJ, though, Rich. We love PJ on this show, so you need to be nice to PJ on there. I ask you as a friend. But Rich is making some very good points we're going to get to in a second. But I can guarantee you that the great Rich Carrillo has been to Circle K. I have not met Rich, but I can tell you he's probably been there, as has Chad McDonald, Vincent Kwan, TLN, our friend, uh, Brad Alice, and the great Jacob Franklin. Now, you might say to yourself, Mike, why are you bringing this up? It's because it's for the people right here. The Circle K is for the people. And here we go. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff. Right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on a 32-ounce Polar Pop. Mm. CircleK.com slash store locator to find Circle K's near you and OGs. Now, you might say to yourself, OGs, William Brad Alice looks like he's in some pain right now. OGs is here for William Brad Alice. Have you thought about taking OGs for the pain, William Brad Alice? If I was in pain, I, it may look ugly. It doesn't hurt. Got to take All a right, lot well, more than an eye injury. But yes, uh, oh. have, have, would consider it, yes. All right, let's say that you want to be like uh, Jacob Franklin then and be cool. That's where OGs comes into play right here. You can get uh, all different kinds of flavors, feelings you get from using them. Somebody you can use OGs. Again, find them at your local dispensaries at ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 and up to enjoy responsibly. All right, now, uh, William, uh, this is not an updated graphic, but a graphic nonetheless. Jacob Franklin, if you could pull up the roster right here. Um we have, and this is who you have coming back right now. All right, now we're putting Jaden Bradley into that mix right there. So now, and Rich Carrillo's been talking about this for quite a while, about how you need more toughness in play. So let's talk about it a little bit from just a toughness perspective. You got Kylan Boswell and you got um, uh, Jaden Bradley in the backcourt. Just from a toughness perspective, what do we think about that, William? You know, obviously you can't be a bunch of pushovers. Um, oh, I thought you were about to say something else. <laughs> but I'm going to say this. You don't need to be Cincinnati or Houston. Um, you need to be mentally tough. Right. And that's what I think this team has actually lacked. Because I'll tell you what, 97, with those guys, big, rugged, physical. You know, Bibby could hold his own, but that was a finesse team. Right. But when the shots needed to fall, the shots they were all fell. mentally tough outside of Mike D Michael D and who might've been their physically toughest player right. actually. Right. Um, yeah, you had gene, but you know, no one's going to accuse AJ Bramlett of being, you know, even Umar Ballo. No one's going to accuse again, Bennett Davidson would jump out the gym, block shots. So while you do need an aspect of toughness, I far more want mental toughness than I want a bunch of brawlers. Um, so I think it's finding those guys. And to me, Kirk Creasa wasn't always mentally tough. Um, you know what Kirk Creasa was to me to a certain extent? And again, he's 61 and 11 as a starter, so we always need to put that here. Kirk Creasa to me was a little bit of a front runner in that regard and that a lot of times when he started talking the mess, you know, Arizona was already up or the game was kind of out of balance or what, and what always baffled me a little bit is like in the game against TCU when he's the worst player on the court, and he's the one that's talking the most trash. Now, granted, you could say he was hurt, but that was the stuff that always rubbed me the wrong way with Kirk Kreese. 
Yeah, whereas again, Bi- Boswell appears to me to be a guy who just, I don't, he doesn't seem to talk. He just puts his head down, and plays basketball. And again, right. is he physically tough? Yes, he is. But I think he's mentally tough. For his, and again, get re- you get your shots ready for a 17 year old to come in and play the role he did and should have played a bigger role in that last game. So that's what Arizona needs to do. They need to find mentally tough guys. They need to find guys who aren't going to wilt uh, under the pressure. And I always say this the last two years, how many leads has Arizona blown? Because um, right. they get comfortable. And again, I think a, some of that is on Creesa. But, you know, just look at how many times the game should have been over at halftime in Arizona. And sometimes they put those games away. I think San Diego State and, and Creighton are good examples of games. But those could have easily been 30 point wins. You know, the ASU loss. Arizona's up big, and then they crumbled at the beginning of the half. That's what they need. And, and Carrillo's got, you know, the, the thing. Again, Solomon Hill wasn't going to beat you up in a fight. TJ McConnell, para maybe. But those guys were mentally tough. You know, Jason Gardner was was a guy who was mentally tough. How Let me ask you this, Brad. How much yeah. of that giving up leads was due to a little bit of – not having very good ball handlers. I'll just put it. I'll just, I'll just be blunt about it. When you are when you've got, and again, we like Pella on this show. My bad, Pella. As you all know, I was wrong on Pella. Pella. So anything I say about Pella Larson, take with a grain of salt. But when teams started pressing and trapping at the end of games, and you got Kirk Kreese and Pella Larson as your two of your ball handlers, that's never a good. That's never something that I uh, felt comfortable with, William. No, then and or how about pressing at the beginning of the first, second half like ASU did? Um, so yeah, I think that is a legit concern. And again, some of that's physical ability, but some of that's mental toughness. Um, you know, again, we've always heard that you know it's a cliche, but there's some truth to it. You have to know when to, you know, put the foot on the throat and finish him off. And um, we have seen Tommy Lloyd teams go on what appear to be the Lute Olson run of death. And then it turns out it's not the run of death. It's just the run of big deep hole. Um, and we, they let him climb out. So that'll be interesting to see if, if the combination of Boswell Bradley at all can, can do that, get up big in the first half and then cruise to victory. And, and again, we're now living in the era of point spread where, you know, if you're up 30 and you only win by 19, some people are upset, but I'd much rather do that than be up 30 and only win by seven. All right. I told people that I wouldn't talk about this, but I am going to talk about it just for a second. So, again, feel free to slap me if you see me in person. TLN right here says, um, on three, having Cody Williams as number one is insanity. I would generally say, and I'm a big Cody Williams fan, but 24-7's got him at four. So, I mean, whether it's one, whether it's four, he's clearly a top five player. Um, Cody Williams, to me, and again, maybe he would have never come here, but that's always the importance of getting in on kids early. You don't wait till Mike Bibby gets his second state player of the year to start offering him. Yeah, when you I, when you got a kid in state that checks off all the boxes, in my opinion, Brad, you offer him and you recruit him, uh, you, you recruit him as such. And that's why last week was important for Arizona. They offered um, uh, a lot of kids uh, and then they offered Cameron Holmes, who's uh, if you remember Duran Holmes, his little brother, and they've been in on Coa Pete for a while. And those appear to be the three best Mm -hmm. kids in state who are legit in state kids, not these guys coming in senior year to go play for whatever prep schools are still open. Indigenous to the state. Um, You know, so I think that is important. And again, I think in some regards, Tommy has to be able to read the room. And I think it's okay to offer a kid you're not 100% sure on, especially if the kid's not going to take the offer right away. Um, again, case in point, I don't know how good Monty Williams' son is. I know he's good. Um, but I don't think he's going to decide right away because he doesn't maybe know where the family's going to be living two years right. from now. 
Um, they could also be Arizona legends by the end of this playoff right. run too. But I think it's okay to offer those guys because, again, they're most likely not going to commit right away. Now, do I want them throwing out a 1,000 offers? No, I like the idea of making this Arizona offer a very premium thing, but not at the expense of turning off a kid like they did, I think, a little bit with Cody Williams. Oh, that was always going to be a weird recruitment. I think. That probably was a recruitment, especially like – and like everybody said, when you end up at Colorado, you know, that's – you know, and you're the top player in the country, you're obviously a little bit different. My whole thing with him, though, is just when you see, I'm a big fan of lineage. I'm a big fan of like, you know, when you come from an athletic family, that always to me is going to be a little bit more of a point. And that's where I think Koa Pete comes into play right here. Um, let's talk a little bit about the in-state recruiting. Well, look at all three of those guys we've just talked about. They're all legacies. They're all legacies, Brad, and that's where you hit the nail on the head. So let's talk about it first. Koa Pete, this is the... I almost was about to say this is probably the biggest in-state recruit since Marvin Bagley, at least that was originally from Arizona. But now you can say Cody Williams, since I guess he's rated as the top player in the country. But Koa Pete is your no-duh, this guy is awesome. Again, comes from great uh, athletic background. Father is a uh, for, or, uh, father, uh, uh, brother, top 10 pick. Both his brothers played high-level D1 football. Um, he's about 6'7", 6'8". Super athletic, super strong. He projects as a one-and-done and probably a guy that will be too strong for a lot of college kids, even his one year, William. Yeah, he's a big, strong guy, obviously a family of uh, of, of college and, and pro football players. Um, I can't remember if dad was also a, a football player at some point. I am going to go on record and say that I bet his dad played high-level athletics. I, I want to say his dad was at least a college football player because, that again, maybe it's just been how long the commitment. He had a better background than we did. Yes, that is that is definitely true. Um, but yeah, Koa, you know, he, I think the only thing that maybe hurts him is, you know, he's only about six, seven. So is he a four? Is he a three? Can he train? You know, can that, so maybe he's not a one and done only cause I don't know if he ends up being a six, seven power forward, how many of those are going to be roaming around the modern NBA, but he's, he's a special athlete. And again, a guy who has been a kind of known about since what, eighth grade. Right. Um, I've been hearing his name for a while. So, uh, yeah, big time kid again. He may be a tough kid to keep in state. Um, you know, obviously, what I think it's always harder keeping the younger brothers, especially when the bigger brothers have gone off into the world, uh, than it is with the 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 eldest, who's you know sometimes a little more sheltered. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting recruitment, certainly. All right, now then you got Cam Holmes again. I believe the Arizona and again. Um, I was a big fan of Deron Holmes coming out. I he he to me is the ultimate, the epitome of the kid that you offer. Here's my thing with Arizona people, and I always get uh, um, I always get uh, accused of being in-state bias. Well, guess what? I am um, because when I believe that in Arizona, there's a couple different things that when you have good players and you can identify them early you jump on those guys. And because again, you know, again, like a drawn Holmes to me was an easy offer because you knew he was six foot seven. He was six foot eight. He was, you know, he's going to be able to block some shots. Worst case scenario, he was going to be a rotational type big. And with the way that uh, Arizona is exploding in Phoenix and none of these kids want to go to ASU to me, that is the easiest thing in the world is to be able to prioritize those in-state kids and try to make that an assembly line there, William. And I'm not sure Deron Holmes would have come to Arizona if oh. they just it was that whole transition into the Miller era uh, where there was a lot of doubt about the point. I think Arizona still ended up finishing second or third for him. Um, that being said, the little brother may be better. Uh, I know he was mm-hmm. pretty spectacular last weekend. 
at the event. She's uh, a smaller, a little more athletic player. Um, yeah, so I think he is, again, an, another very interesting recruit. And, again, someone that Arizona already made inroads in the family. I, I know from, you know, the rumblings, uh, dad likes the program at Arizona. Um, and so we'll, we'll see. But uh, certainly very intriguing. Again, seeing also, again, the second. Go down the list of Arizona, especially small forwards for some reason. Most of them's big brothers were all pretty great players, whether yep. it was Andre's brother, whether it was uh, Rondé's brother. I think Corey Williams' brother played at a pretty high level. So a lot of these guys um, come from these really athletic families. Yeah, and then you mentioned Elijah Williams as well. Now, he's even a year younger right there. So he was 2026 20, out of Scottsdale. But again, another guy, six foot five, six foot six. And what I think these all these guys check out is their background. Now, I get sometimes you got situations you just don't want to deal with. Uh, we'll use uh, Jahi Carson for an example. A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on there. Not, not a bad kid, not a bad family by any means. Just a... Um, you know, just a different situation. Probably best to let him go to ASU and hang out with Jacob Franklin. But you know, these all these kids, they all they all check out. I mean, you all they all come from athletic backgrounds. You all know that you know the family inside out. Those to me are the easy offers. You know, you look at it, and I think the interesting thing about again knowing Monty Williams and and his character, you've got a kid who's been raised against around the pro game who has been surrounded by pros much like I think, you know, the Curry brothers, um, little less spotlight on them and maybe not with, I, you know, by the time he gets, you know, blows up, but you look at even doc rivers, son, who's been a good pro, but he was like the number one kid in the class right. when in, he and Matt Carlino, ironically enough, Matt Carl Gilbert Highland from the, from when the they were in seventh grade, you know, you look at the stuff going on with Bronny James, it, it's a circus. Williams isn't going to be a circus. First of all, his dad's not going to let it happen. That's uh, you know, he, he, he's a very humble guy. Um, you know, for a guy in such a big spotlight, um, you're, but you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting this kid who's been raised around the pro game, who's you know probably shot around with Devin Booker before. You know, has right. shot around with CP3, um, who I'm sure is getting good instruction from dad. Right. Um, but you get that without some of the the, the glitz and glamour that has surrounded some of these guys. And again, at the end of the day, a lot of these guys work out and, and they are grounded for considering the lifestyle they live. But you can look again across the spectrum, whether again, my guy, Patrick Mahomes, um, who was raised around the NFL and these guys know how to handle themselves. And I right. think as much as a lot of people are bashing Bronny James and you, see, I don't think Bronny himself is going to be the distraction. It's going to be the media. It might even be LeBron, but Brian, I think Brian James could handle himself like a pro there. Um, he just has maybe a little too much of a spotlight on him. But I is think again, a, is there an odder um, connection than LeBron or than LeBron James and Andy Enfield? How about just how about with USC winning two of the biggest high-profile recruitments of the last twenty years? Brian James and OJ Mayo. Yeah, and. Uh, and you and you got to put in there too. Forget like and that's not even mentioned a kid like an Isaiah Mobley that was the number one player in the class. Yeah, but Eleven I'm Mobley, about, excuse me, sorry. Well, yeah, no, but those weren't quite as. I mean, the spotlight was on OJ Mayo from what the time he was about seventh grader, and right. that was a big name. Right. Um, 
you know, obviously Bronny James, and, and I hate calling him Bronny. Can we just call him Bron or something else? Bronny just That's sounds, his name. We go by just, his name. It just sounds like, well, it's, it's a paper towel. Come on. Um, but either way, like, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's it's, stupid. It's, that's but, funny, yeah. though. But infield, I don't know, because infield's going to let him run around and do what he wants. So, right. Uh, but, it, no, it, it, but you know what? It makes sense because you're in L.A. I'm sure the NIL was decent. You're going to be on TV. But you don't have to put up with Mick Cronin and that style, which would stifle a kid like Bronny James, I think. Right. Back to Arizona for a second. got a Long Beach State, played, played there and been the guy. What I do, what I do like about though, what Tommy Lloyd is doing, at least with these targets though, is that he's adding some toughness and he's adding some ball handling. Jaden Bradley, obviously, some toughness and some ball handling right there, which is going to help against the press. If you can get a Kashad Johnson in here, again, not a three, not a three-point specialist, but nobody's going to push him around. That to me is a great coach looking to learn and maybe uh, push up there a little bit. Again, we use the example of Lute Olson, who. Started with with the Tucson skyline, then went three guard, and then realized, you know what I really like? Six, seven wings. And rode 12 straight six, seven wings to the NBA or whatever it was. Uh, But he was always reinventing. Um, Sometimes negatively. I think he saw what Coach K did with some of his coaching staffs and moved on from really good instructors to really good recruiters who were young and had that lineage. I don't think that worked out for him. Give me – give me – three Rozes or three tensions or three J Johns every day of the week. Right. But um, yeah, Luke was ev- always reinventing, which is weird. Cause you look at him and you would think, no, here's this stuffy old man guy was always trying new stuff. Where's Sean Miller? Not as much. So I think Tommy Lloyd again is, is much more willing to tinker and, t- and, and play around with things and find what works. And he's only in year two. So a lot of, lot of growth for Tommy Lloyd as well. All right. Now, one place that doesn't need growth because it's already there in TLN, I'm going to give you somebody here in just a second. But tap and bottle. You do not need to worry about his tap and bottle already there. They already are there. And that's because Scott and Rebecca do a great job. As you know, check out the downtown location or the north side. We will be having our away game watch parties uh, uh, coming back up for football and for basketball as well. But do yourself a favor, support local. You might even be able to get some four peaks right there. And again, with the way that Kashaw Johnson possibly uh, taking over for Ajulis Tabellis, a fifth pe- or fourth peak, or is it a replacement peak? Or how or do are we they going to add another Euro big too? Well, Who knows? Yeah. And TLN, there is another player out there. You could probably go on Twitter and find it out. We're not putting his name out there because we don't do that, but it's it's been put out there. And pins and aces. All right, William, do you golf at all? No. All right, I've tried golfing again. I stink. But you know what? Pins and Aces is here to help me. And it's not here to help me with my golf swing. It's here to help me look cool. All right, best golf apparel. Oh, you didn't say, do I want to look cool like a golfer? You said, do I golf? All right, well, you know what? That's it. You answered your own question there. You do want stuff that'll make you cool. Yeah, so maybe I need some Pins and Aces. So check it out. Pins and Aces, best golf apparel accessories out there. Use co- uh, uh, code PHNX for 15% off your first order. And again, check out pinsandaces.com and use code word PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Also, click the uh, link in the show notes to sign up for Keeping It 100 Golf Tournament at Dobson Ranch at 526. Free Pins and Aces PHNX collab uh, polo with... 
sign up. There will be games, prizes, etc. And you might even be able to see Jacob Franklin up there as well. So, again, check it out, pins and aces. All right, Brad, Rich Carrillo right there. He says, Rodney Tension just got hired at St. Francis. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Um, I but didn't either, lot- and, and Rodney's one of my favorite people of all time, U of A related, and we actually are friends on Facebook, but he doesn't post as much uh, anymore. Um, I know he had a little bit of health, some, some health issues, but is, is his some greatest- day, someday I will tell, come on and do my podcast and tell you some Rodney Tension stories that will have you all rolling. Is that his great. great? Is his greatest find Gilbert Arenas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although. <laughs> He was vital in a lot of those recruitments. He was vital in the recruitment of Hassan Adams. Uh, right. Most of those, most of those California kids. Um, and notice Arizona kind of quit losing as many guys to UCLA in Kansas when when Tension came on board. And that's not good by point. Action. That's a good good point right there. Um, now, well, let's see here. Uh, Mario Mesa says, if Johnson wasn't going to his Kentucky on his Kentucky official visit, I'd be excited about it going to Zona, but now it worries me. He could probably start. Yeah, you know, see, that's kind of the thing. You're going to find out what exactly you want right there because, you know, I'm not going to speak for Kentucky. I'm going to speak for Mike Luke, though, because Shaw Johnson's not starting at Kentucky. That's not the kind of player that the John Calipari brings in. I mean, heck, if Reed Travis went to Kentucky and was essentially just kind of meh, I mean, Kashaw Johnson ain't going to be that guy either. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what he wants, but I think as far as a fit and playing time, Arizona can offer him a lot more. In a weird way, like some of the, I think some of the shines off Kentucky. I mean, you see a lot of guys who can't get much run there go elsewhere and, and really shine. I got a better one for you, Brad. Listen to this. So I was talking about this with a friend of mine. If I am in the NBA draft and I have a mid-round pick, I am always choosing the guys at Kentucky that didn't play much. Devin Booker, Tyler Hero, uh, Bam Adebayo. Um, trying to think. Uh, Shea might have been a high pick. I don't know. But I can keep going on and on. Eric Bledsoe. Generally, a lot of these guys go there, and they get buried at Kentucky. Yeah, because it's the over-recruitment, and it's kind of like whoever's ready to play right now. Um, right. In a weird way. And, again, it's hard to knock because Calipari's guys have made like $5 billion in the NBA, and I'm barely exaggerating. Um, but – He's kind of like a better Lavin. Do guys? He's not get, a better. It, it, Brad, Brad, get, do guys get noticeably better? No, no they have to go to the pros and develop with the in the pros. How are you the best recruiter ever, and you have one national title? Yeah, I mean that that to me is kind of the the thing that it comes down to. And just look at every NBA playoff series. Everybody's got two All Stars, and they're from Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, really it's really remarkable. In many ways, it's the it's kind of Lorenzo Romar too. How many first round draft picks did he have? And he missed the tournament six straight years. And in those six years, he had at least one lottery pick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, All right, now give, we got and as and as and as sketchy as he's been lately, give me Bill Self. <laughs> Dude, is there a better guy at roster construction and roster development in all of college basketball than Bill Self? Maybe outside of Bobby Hurley. <laughs> Jacob Franklin, that was for you. No, because here's what here's the thing: Bill Self can get a bunch of five star guys, and then he can find the, he, then he can find three guys who want to stay five years or. But seven the years. guys that he gets, the national players of the year types, they're your Frank Masons. It's committed to George Mason or uh, Devonte Graham, who's an Appalachian State, or uh, a Jalen Wilson that's a top sixty recruit. What he does with his player development and roster construction is next level. Yeah, for every Josh Jackson who is eh. 
he he has a Frank Mason who was there what five years or Perry Ellis who was there 157 Perry years. Perry Ellis or uh, Lightfoot from Phoenix right. who I think played 19 years at Kansas. See, only six years. Took advantage of that COVID year as he should. It just seems, but again, and he keeps a lot of those guys happy. Um, and I'll tell you what, you know, obviously I have family there. It's it's a cool school and it's a great basketball school. Um, and then, you know, Arizona has done it as well. But yeah, I mean, again, is there some sketchiness? Is there probably some big rule violations? Yeah, but I mean, the guy's got rings, right? Now and he's got NBA stars, and he's got a bunch of guys who probably could barely start at George Mason that he makes into like third team, all big 12 players. All right. Now we're going to talk a little bit of Arizona football here. You and I are both on record as saying that we do believe that this team is a bowl team this year. So, yes. All right. That's where, Oh, our TLN says, how does uh, uh, Arkansas have unlimited scholarships? That's what happens when you hire Eric Musselman. Eric Musselman makes things happen right there. William. He hides them in his shirt. Yes, he does. See, that's what he I does. It seems like it seems like every time a kid comes on the transfer market, they've offered. What did you? Would you want to play for Eric Musselman? Probably. See all the people that hate Eric I, Musselman. I actually loved Mus. I wanted the Suns to hire him at one point. Um, right. I, I thought he was going to end up with the ASU job, and I was worried when he was oh. an assistant there. Um, I've liked him for a long time. We were on now, Mus- Is he a little grading? Yeah. Is he a little obnoxious? Yeah. Is he a good basketball coach? Yeah. We were on a we were on the Must Bus early on this show on basically the movement. So again, hop on the hashtag Must Must Bus. All right, Arizona has basically tried to overhaul the D line with bringing some guys back. It's a much bigger D line now, and I think what you're hoping for in the uh, recent guy is Taylor Upshaw. Um, Kid that played a little bit of Michigan, had about five career sacks, uh, went to Colorado. Dion said get lost, essentially. Um, now he's at Arizona. What you're hoping for is that one of these guys, whether that's him, whether that's Big Bill Norton, whether that's um, uh, Manoa, one of these guys can become a Hunter Eccles type. You know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping you got 12 guys who can play Pac-12 football. And my think, I don't think you've got a star among the bunch. I don't think you have a stud among the bunch. I think you might have depth. And at this point, if Arizona can competently stop the run, put enough pressure on the quarterback, and you're still going to have to mix in blitzes and things like that. But I, when you start reading off these names, I think they got a lot of guys who can play. I don't think right. there's any stars. I don't think you got a, a, a nine-sack guy. But if you got couple three sack guys if you've got again if you're three deep two and a half deep at each position um you know if you have five competent ends and and five competent interior defensive linemen that's going to go a long way because i do think they have some playmakers that potentially at linebacker well let's talk about that uh let's I talk think, about that. and i think you have good enough defensive backs that if they don't have to cover for five seconds you can put out again. Is this going to be the the eighty five Bears? No, this isn't going to be Desert Swarm. But can it be mid era Mike Stoops defense? Maybe. What I need from this team is to be able to. What I need from that defensive line is to, and that's called a tease right there. But first, Foco. 
Foco always has our back for Arizona sports, and they have yours as well. Get the best gear around by visiting www.foco.com and use code PHNX for all the non-presale items using promo code PHNX for 10% off. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, you name it. Brandon Sanders has come on here before with, and he's talked about Foco and about how Foco helped him out. Listen, Brandon Sanders, outside of maybe Chuck Levy's the hardest hitter in school history, if he rocks Foco, you should rock Foco. And again, PHNX, here's the deal. Here's what you got going on right now. Keep in mind, you got the Suns Watch Parties presented, presented by Neutral at BetMGM Sportsbook at State Farm St- uh, Stadium and Again, uh, those are for all the away games. And you got the Keeping It 100 Golf Tournament presented by Pins and Aces. Become a diehard today. Check out phnxlocker.com to grab your membership to receive exclusive content, discounts on all events, merch, and access to our Discord chats. Hey, okay. can we have a computer simulation run a cage match between in their prime Cecil, Sanders, and Clay Hart? Wow. Just to see who could hit the hardest. Clay Hart would be a value pick right there, though, because he would have a puncher's chance. Well, here's the thing people may not know about. Clay Hart was also doing pro rodeo for a while after he left Arizona, and I think he's playing pro poker now. Just an interesting dude. Plus, he led the movement to get rid of John Makovic, which we appreciate as well. So, Clay, you're the man, dude. Appreciate you. Yeah, Miranda's own. Yep. Okay. Now, um, I what I need from the defensive line – Outside of Deuce Davis, I need Deuce Davis to be the guy that can get to the quarterback a little bit. I need the defensive line to be able to keep offensive linemen off the linebackers. Because, again, as we've talked about, I believe that that is the strength of this team right here. Um, I need Justin Flo to be what Justin Flo was supposed to be. We know that Jacob Manu is good, but as you so astutely put, too, now the next step is to start making those tackles closer to the line of scrimmage, not nine yards downfield. And then you got a Leviticus Sua coming in as well. Those are the three guys that I think need to be the stars of the team, at least from a statistical perspective, Brad. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want it to be their safeties um, unless you're going to be playing someone real close to the line. Uh, you want your linebackers leading you in tackles. Um, again, I don't need Big Bill Norton to – I don't need him to have more than three tackles all year. He's right. got to keep – I'm going to punt again. He's got to let Justin flow. Uh, Big Bill Norton's got to let Justin flow. Um, you know, I want – you know, Savea – you know, all these guys eating up blocks. You can't let a guy chip your D lineman and get to the linebackers. You can't, you have, you have to force some double teams. Um, you have to make teams try to run wide. Uh, you just can't get beat up at the line of scrimmage. The good news is I think you got guys who can do it again. Is Norton Norton's not of the quality of these guys who just all went first round from Georgia, but he didn't have to be, he just has to be a big, strong dude in the middle and and make guys run run around run you know make guys. What I like though is that we're not relying at least in theory on the Parker Zellers of the world. All due respect to Parker, but at least these guys are big. Yeah, we're talking two eighty plus, a couple three hundred pounders. I think one of the one one of the big uh, big big Samoan dudes is like in the three thirty range. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. I want a bunch of big. Again, people used to when I coach, and again, this is going to sound like Woodman here, but. They always well, want me to put, coached a little bit. I coached a little bit. They always wanted me to put the small, fast guy at, at, at nose guard because he can get in the backfield. I'm like, yeah, and run right by the quarterback. Give me 
I want a guy who could barely get in a stance because he's so big that I can just – I used to even have a kid. He couldn't put his hand down. He was so chubby. My linebacker used to kick him in the A-gap. Guess what? No one ran through the A-gap because Big Tony was sitting there. That's what I want. I want – give me uh, – uh, you know, who's the big guy from Oregon who plugged up the middle? Haloti uh, Nada. Haloti Nada. Give me those guys. He What do you have, 18 career tackles for loss? But no one ran through that A-gap. Right. That's what I want from this because, again, I want Justin Flo and Jacob Manu combining for about 20 tackles a game. The one guy I need to see, I think, really break out in the secondary is Ephesians Prysock. Now that Christian Roland Wallace is at USC, Prysock is the one player in that secondary, again, was a mid-level four-star kid, um, tall, angular. But, again, he moves. He has a fluidity in his hips that a lot of guys don't have. And you can see why he was a highly ranked guy. I need him to make that freshman to sophomore leap there, William. Yeah, I'm really hoping he and Takario Davis can end up being the two guys for Arizona because I like the idea of having two big right. what, six two six three corners. Um, that's a luxury. I mean, that's a luxury you don't even see in the NFL. You uh, want two yeah. Richard Shermans as your defensive backs. I, see. I do. I do. I don't – you know, as much as I love Kelly Malvo, I don't need a five foot nine uh, corner right. who's a ball hawk but gets out jumped. You know, I want these big guys who can move. Would you settle for a Michael Cholovet? Sure. I, I love Malvo too, but again, those guys were not the tallest guys. And um, but yeah, if but Daryl Lewis is not on your radar. Then I'll take a D Lou any day of the week. But get how tall was was C Mac? Was he about six two? Yeah, yeah, he's a big boy. Um, yeah. So so yeah, give me the best guys. But if you could have a pair of six three corners out there, and then throw in your smaller guy as that third, you know, that slot corner. Um, if they're not going to go with the extra safety, yeah, give me that. Give me some size out there. Uh, to compete with these big, tall receivers. All right. Speaking of big, tall receivers, Jacob Franklin, if you could bring that pass catcher uh, thing up here again, that little graphic we got. I like this graphic because William brought it up earlier today. All right. I think T-Mac is going – I don't know if T-Mac is going to be a first-round pick. Uh, A lot of that's going to be based on how he runs. But, Brad, looking at the uh, conference, looking at how Arizona is going to play – I believe that T-Mac is probably going to be good for over 1,000 yards and 11 or 12 touchdowns, barring injury. I think those are realistic expectations for that young man. I think basically you you transplant um, – what's his face? The singer's numbers given to him, maybe even a little bit better. Yeah. Um, because, again – um, I think you're gonna have a better offense this year than you did last year. I think you're gonna have a better line. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's very realistic that you could have 2,000 yard receivers. I think you could see McLaughlin go for about 600, and then a couple of these other guys be in that four or 500 range. Do you think Tanner McLaughlin can play in the NFL? I do. Uh, I don't think it's a sure thing. And again, tight end is a weird position to project because you we've seen some guys who were great college tight ends who didn't get a sniff a guy like brad wood and then we've seen some guys who were just didn't seem great and who uh, mike lucky six years in the nfl uh yeah uh who was the kid lewis uh he was a bad he was like the third string tight end at arizona was a third round draft pick of the houston oilers played a couple years um so you never really know tight ends a weird position um but i think mclaughlin when you look at him he looks he has that size and that he moves like an nfl tight end I'm curious. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned cowing as well. Um, just what we know we have returning right now. Is this as good a returning duo as we've seen at the U of A? You go back a little bit further than me, but I believe in my life team or life team. I believe in my lifetime. I believe it is uh, since the since the late 90s. I was going to say since McDaniel Northcutt, right? 
But McDaniel, you got to remember, is coming off the red shirt year. McDaniel wasn't as proven going into his senior season as either one of these two. Yeah, but he was he was still pretty good. And then you also had Rodney Williams in that group too, who was a pretty Williams good was the year before though. But yeah, yeah, but they were all there kind of together right. at that time. Um, and then going way, if you really want to go way back, Hort, Brad Horton and, and Brad Anderson, Horton, John Horton, and Brad Anderson, two NFL receivers. But we're going back to I think Mike Luke was like negative two years old back then. Um, you know, obviously you had some good ones under Stoops, but you know, Mike, you think, Tom, Mike Thomas think, and Cedric Steptoe, but that was two midgets who could just run by people. Do you think Chief can name one NFL, a U of A player uh, pre-1995? Or no, no, let's say before, because I bet he can name Brewski. Can he name it pre-1995? Yeah, but he, but he said Brewski was a linebacker and then moved to D-end. I set that one up for you perfectly right there, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, just to double check, because sometimes I doubt myself, I... I reached out to several guys who played on that team. That was all I, nonsense. I, I, I right. Yeah, the boost yeah. was always a D end. Um, Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah but you we, know what? Again, I, I hate to. I don't like to be a gatekeeper either. I, you know, um, do I? Do I sometimes get annoyed when people pretend they know more than they do? Yes, but if you became a fan in the '90s, great. Become a fan in the '90s and just admit I don't remember. Let's talk Jonas. I don't Sabin. remember John Horton and Brad Anderson. That's fine. We don't hold it against you. Get a witch. Let's talk Jonas Sabinea right here. Um, I don't believe that the average person, and again, maybe I don't. I don't want to say that in a condescending way because um, do people realize what rare air Jonas Sabinea is right here? Being that he's probably going to play all tackle this season after after being a freshman All American at guard. Do people? Do you think the average guy realizes just how rare this, or the average man or woman realizes how rare it is to have somebody like him here? I don't think people, most people, and again, this is not a knock on most fans, know how rare it is to have a true freshman starting offensive lineman, much less two. Right. When you add in Wendell Moe. Um, Good point. No, how do you I mean, that? That's and and oh, you know what this is doing. If if this ends up really happening, this just is making Savonea a lot of money because the fact that you can be an All American guard, then pro- go play tackle, at the very least, you become a guy who can play four offensive line spots in the NFL. You can be a swing tackle for an NFL team. You can go be a, or you know again. A lot of some NFL teams like to have a guy who can play both right side or both left side positions. That's that's again, it's like having a left handed hitting catcher. Um, right. It's a skill that you're going to you're going to you're going to add three or four extra years to your NFL career. We, we've talked about this, but one thing you got to give this staff, no matter what you say, is they do a pretty good. They do a pretty darn good job of evaluating players, though. You look at it. I mean, you mentioned Wendell Moe. Wendell Moe started. Uh, the second half of the season at guard, he was an overlooked recruit out of Long Beach Poly. So, I mean, you got to give these guys some credit there because they certainly – they overturned the right rocks, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, there's – and a lot of it's – I mean, I think you could go most staffs always have that. I mean, Arizona has had that guy how many times now? But it's about building relationships and understanding that, you know, Mo had some personal stuff he had to deal with, you know, some some tragedy in his life that that slowed his production. Um, at a at a football powerhouse like Polly, where you can get lost in the shuffle, as weird as that sounds, but the scout at every game, sometimes you're not looking for the third D1 offensive lineman. Um, so, yeah, give the staff some credit. And, again, building that, and especially now, much like Dick Tomey, in that Polynesian community, which is only going to get better now that you got Dwayne Aquino on staff. 
Um, but when you mix in, you know, Nansen and Papau, Pow Pow and, and uh, Kafushi, you've got guys who are, are linked into this very close knit community that sometimes as crazy as it sounds still gets overlooked at times. Brad, where can they find you? WSR Brad on uh, Twitter released a podcast last week. I actually have one recorded now. It's on Jaden Delora, and I'm kind of vetting it um, since it is such a ser- uh, sensitive subject. Want to do one on Upshaw as well. So it should have maybe uh, two out this week, maybe even three. Um, it's just again, matter of finding the time. We got, we got, you know, sports. You got a lot night. going on. You got life. I, I got my kid's life, not even my life, my kid's life. And the impact of your kid's life is being felt on the brow. So Yeah. I've also got some impact from the hockey puck yesterday all over, but no one needs to see my shoulders or biceps or Brad, thighs. we all want to see it. We all want to see that, but that's for another day. I don't know oh, if you can see it. I see it. Yeah. Brad, you're working obviously working on your tan. I like it. I got uh, that one too. So Oh, you got that one as well. All those right. Were, those were saves. Unfortunately, still lost the two to one semifinal game. He is Brad Alice. Again, check him out. WSR Brad can have his pods coming out. The great Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. Thanks as always for letting us reference you about nine times without combating back and everybody out there that made this, uh, uh, the show appreciate you guys all. We will be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.